God, we thank you for this uh, wonderful day. Thank you for this time together before you. Thank you for your presence among us. Speak to us, Lord, and uh, teach us through your word. May your Holy Spirit share with us, uh, Lord, your word according to our needs. Thank you for everything. You will use me as your instrument. Who am I, Lord, to stand before your people? I need you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Our text of today is in Psalm 6, uh, from verse 1 uh, through 10. And uh, it's a psalm some of you know very well. But uh, Psalm 6 is about uh, a cry for mercy. As you know, during our lifetime in this world, we face a lot of challenges. We experience health, economic, social, mental, and spiritual challenge. Uncertainty about tomorrow can cause stress, can cause anxiety, can cause worry, can cause anger, can cause trauma, can cause unhappiness, even sadness. We go through all those things because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as we read, as we read in Romans 3.23. Those things happen in life because through Adam, we disobeyed God and were set to die, as we read in Romans 6, verse 23. Our sinful nature has caused us to become broken-hearted people, prisoners of the devil without freedom, people under curse, people under God's wrath, and people under condemnation. But in all of this, due to our desperate situation, God has revealed himself as the God of mercy. We read this, we can read this in Daniel 9.9. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. God is the fountain and the initiator of mercy. Therefore, God's mercy is unmerited, undeserved. God, in his mercy, has given us what we didn't deserve. This is what God's mercy is all about. We deserved death, for example, but he offered eternal life through Jesus. We deserve the punishment, but he sent Jesus to take away our punishment by his death and resurrection. We deserved to be away from him, but he approached us. He came to us through Jesus. Once we were not a people, but now we are God's people, as it is said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. Even 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 
even James chapter 5, verse 11. We were people without hope, but in Jesus we have, for, we have a hope for better and eternal life. This means by the virtue of sin in Adam, we became blinded people. But now we can see the truth when we are in Jesus and live by faith. All of this indicates how God has revealed himself to us as the God of mercy. But one thing we need to know is God's mercy is expressed in action. God's mercy is not just a concept, but it's expressed in tangible actions. I will give you some examples. He loved us by sending his only son, Jesus, to be crushed on the cross in order to save us. Isaiah 53, verse 10. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is again the expression of God's mercy in action. And when you come to Jesus, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be our advocate, our counselor, our teacher. God forgives and forgets. He saves and brings us into his presence. All of this are the expression of God's mercy. Therefore, God's mercy is the fountain of his new covenant with those coming back to him by faith in Jesus. God's mercy is the foundation of forgiveness. It is also the foundation of life changing, of life changing and behavior changing. It's also the foundation of the new heart God promised to give to those who come to him through Jesus. It is the fountain of the reconciliation with God. It's only by God's mercy that we have become to reconcile ourselves with God. So, if God is the God of mercy, so his mercy is expressed in action. And when it is expressed in action, it is sent to us a special message. What is that message? In Psalm 6, we are called to be crying for God's mercy without stopping. This means we need God's mercy all the time. There are two categories of people when it's about crying for God's mercy. Those who are not yet saved need to long for repentance. They need to cry for forgiveness. They need to cry for salvation. In his mercy, God will save them. He will accept them and make them his people. And he will make them his children. And he will make them members of the chosen ones.
all of this because he is the God of mercy and when we cry for, he gives, he offers. Those who are already saved need to keep crying for God's mercy, for cleansing, for forgiveness, for his presence, for blessings, for healing, for his protection, and for deliverance, and so on. This means, and pagans, and those who do not know God, and those who have come to know God, who have come to God by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us need God's mercy, and we need to be crying for it. If that is the case, let's come to our own country. As a nation, we need to cry for God's mercy. Why? Because for a long time we have been going astray, away from God's words. For a long time we have become a, a people of division. For a long time we have become a people of segregation. For a long time we have become people who do not love each other. It's because we do not really understand the meaning of that God's offer, his mercy to us. That mercy has come to us to transform us, to change us, to make us a new nation, to make us, to give us a new heart, and to transform our society, and also to transform our country. We have been going astray from the word of God, and we can see that our ancestors and those who are the founders of this country they led everything almost on God's word where are we today individual people like you and me need to cry for God's mercy God's people the Christian believers as a group as a church need to keep crying for God's mercy this means we need to keep praying without ceasing, as Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Friends, in Christ, we are the recipient of God's mercy. That's giving us again another responsibility. We are the recipient of God's mercy. We have been saved. This means we have received God's mercy. What do we do with that mercy? What do we do with what we have received from God? As already explained, God's mercy can be described as unmerited and undeserved forgiveness, love, and compassion. So this means when you are saved by the saving works of Jesus, the seeds, the seed of forgiveness is planted in you. When you come to God through Jesus and by faith, the seed of God's love is planted in your heart. When Jesus lives in you and you in Jesus, the spirit of compassion has come to you 
we have received a lot from God's mercy. Therefore, as a Christian believers, we need to forgive others because we have been forgiven. The forgiveness has become the expression of our new life, of our new heart, of our new behavior. That forgiveness is a part of ourselves. As a Christian believers, to love one another is our duty because we have been loved by God's mercy. Avoid treating others in anger because in his mercy, God did not treat us in his anger. He sent Jesus to appease his anger. Welcome those strangers among you because through Jesus and by his mercy, you are no longer foreigners, strangers, but members of God's family, as we read in Ephesians 2.19. As a Christian believer, we need to have a compassion because God, in his mercy, did not treat us according to our sin, but he offered salvation in Jesus instead of death. The Apostle Paul said, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Offer mercy to your friend. Offer mercy to family members. Offer mercy to colleagues. Offer mercy to neighbors. Offer mercy to your spouse. Offer mercy to your children. Offer mercy to your parent. And let's be merciful to one another, reflecting our merciful divine Father, the God, the author, and the initiator of mercy. Is God's mercy the absence of God's judgment? That's a question. Is God's mercy the absence of God's judgment? You will agree with me that the response will be no. God's mercy does not mean the absence of God's judgment or punishment. God continues to treat us in his mercy, even when he punishes. This happened when God pronounced judgment in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush you, your head, and you will strike his heel. This was a punishment God was <laughs> pronouncing it. But the content of that punishment is also a promise. A promise of God's mercy. It's at, at the same time punishment and also at the same time a blessing. Because the striking of heel, that represents the death of Jesus on the cross. The crushing the head of the devil represents the resurrection and the victory 
on death, on the devil, on sin. So he, the devil, his head was crushed forever. And then uh, even when he tried to strike him, put him on the cross, it was not the end. This man, God, when he punish, he punish in love. And when he punish, he punish in his mercy. At the same time, blessings, promise of a way out is coming through his punishment. But God discipline us for our good. It's what we read in Hebrews 12 from 10 to 11. In order that we may share in his holiness, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The kind of discipline is destined. This kind of discipline is what is destined for the Christian believers. But the people continue to reject the expression of God's mercy by refusing to believe in the saving works of Jesus. And those who continue to refuse the expression of God's mercy today, they will be judged. Now is the time of mercy. Tomorrow it will be too late to benefit from God's mercy. We read this in Isaiah 49 verse 8. That's why we need to keep preaching the gospel, inviting people to believe in Jesus as their Savior and the Lord. In this way, God will save them by his grace and through their faith in Jesus. That's our duty. We have to keep preaching that gospel. <laughs> we need to be careful. We know that God's mercy does not mean the absence of judgment. We know that God is the fountain of mercy. We know that God expresses his mercy in action. But we, as sinners, we as people, we always pass by God's mercy. The desire for flesh makes us to pass by God's mercy. The spiritual blindness causes us to pass by God's mercy. The spiritual fatigue makes us to pass by God's mercy. As the King David, let us be ready to cry for God's mercy. Let's cry for it to be saved. Let's cry for it to be forgiven. Let's cry for it to have a peace in our heart. Let's cry for it to be liberated from the sin that keeps us prisoner and which is pushing us away from God's mercy. Let's cry for it to get rid of our stress and sin. Let's cry for it to, so we can be forgiven and we can be able to forgive those who have offended us. We need God's mercy. And this is the time for that mercy. As a group of believers, as God's church, we have a responsibility to keep preaching 
this message of God's mercy. So people can understand and know that without God's mercy, no salvation, no peace, no transformation, no blessings, and so on. I'm going just to finish this sermon by reading Titus chapter 3 from verse 3 to 7. Listen. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hurting and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous, righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. May God help us to be people who long day and night for God's mercy. People who will not get tired of begging God for his mercy. And may God open our spiritual mind to see his mercy, to accept it, to embrace it, and to live according to the message of God's mercy. May that mercy transform who we are as an individual, as a family, as a community, and as a nation. May God have mercy on us. Amen.